football field is different than a baseball field. And you don't play baseball in football fields. And you don't play football on things that are set up as baseball fields. They're different venues. And they each have a different set of rules. They have different ways of doing things. And just because you can do one doesn't mean that you can do the other. It's like that with existence. We choose the venue we wish to play in. And then we attempt to learn the rules of that venue. Uh, We decide the game that we like, and then we learn how to play that game to the best of our ability. Now, in the world, there are thousands of different games that are available to us to play. And the interesting thing is that we sometimes confuse the games with who we are. It might even be fair to say that most of the time we confuse the games with who we are. So interesting things happen. If we choose to play the fame game, and that week we haven't done anything that gets reported, we're somehow lacking. If we choose to play the money game, If that week hasn't been profitable, we are somehow lacking. If we choose to play the sex game, if that week or that month we haven't had any encounters, we've somehow failed. On and on and on. And usually, we don't recognize the nature of the games. We don't even recognize the depth of our participation or the extent of our habituation to performing whatever that game involves over and over and over again. 
consciousness is made up of a number of elements. And there are different levels of consciousness. And it takes certain levels of consciousness to be able to play certain games in the world. Now, the simplest levels of consciousness are sense and awareness, which means essentially the interaction between our elemental self and that which is in front of us and our ability to differentiate what's in front of us and make some kind of understanding out of it. After sense and awareness comes intellect, which grapples with that which we interact with and tries to bring it to a conclusion that we feel is satisfactory. So, in, in, in football, we try to set up plays that will bring us a touchdown. In baseball, we try to set up plays that will score runs. In the game of fame, we hire PR men who get our picture on the cover of magazines. In every scenario, there is a methodology that we have to institute in order to attempt to gain what it is that we have decided we want to do. Now, for some people, sometime in their life, they conclude that they've played this game long enough, and besides the external appearance of victory within the game or loss, there doesn't seem to be any internal gratification. Peace isn't found. Um, The external judgments that we make as to ourselves and our success within the game no longer seem to carry the same kind of impact that they used to carry on us. Somehow, even though we may have accomplished exactly what we want to accomplish, there doesn't seem to be any gratification there. Imagine being a musician. 
and uh, hearing yourself on the radio for the first time. And then imagine hearing yourself on the radio for the thousandth time. Your reaction the thousandth time may not be the same as it was the first time. Now, for some it may be the same because their attachment to that is so overwhelmingly great that nothing else can seep in. But for the most part, for most people, it's not the same the thousandth time as it was the first time. And then some people sit back and say, what's changed? What's different? Um, What's going on? And this can happen with whatever the pursuit is in the world. After success in that pursuit, the same thrill that originally happened no longer seems to occur. And likewise, if what you're trying to do doesn't seem to culminate in worldly success, but instead culminates in frustration, after the hundredth frustration, you might realize that something's missing here. So in fact, success and frustration cause the same result over time. So you shouldn't worry so much about (laughs) whether you succeed or don't succeed at worldly endeavors because the end result is going to be very similar. This area where all of a sudden we have lost the bliss that we once attained from the world And we've lost the illusion that the world can continue to give us that bliss is called discernment. The ability to finally discern what is and what is not important to us as a being. And this level of discernment comes to different people at different times in their lives. To some, it comes very early. To some, it comes very late. The question is, does it come, and what do you do when it comes? Well, Some people have nervous breakdowns because they can't believe that what they've been spending their entire life doing doesn't seem to be relevant 
Because if that's not relevant, what can possibly be relevant? And where can we possibly go from here? For the fortunate few, they begin to understand that there is more to existence than the world of praise and blame and the constant and the constant seeking after praise and avoidance of blame there's more to the world than success and failure and the constant seeking after success and the avoidance of failure there are other venues to play in than the ones we have become accustomed to and habituated to and we have to be able to move on with our existence. Ball players who retire often go into deep depressions or self-medicate or become involved in things that lead to their quick demise because they don't know how to do anything else and they can no longer do what they used to do. Well, what else is there? What else can be found to do? What is it that can continue or begin to give us satisfaction when we no longer seem to be able to find satisfaction in the world? What can bring us peace when we no longer seem to have been able to find peace in the world. This is the next level of consciousness, and it's called wisdom. And when you have wisdom, or when you're associated with someone who has wisdom, all of a sudden, the point of view alters because now you are being educated and shown a different scenario for existence. People who live in the intellect where their lives consist of interactions and attempts to manipulate the world live a different way than people who have wisdom or are associated with people who have wisdom who have come to the conclusion that there is no success possible in the manipulation of the world. That there is no peace possible in the manipulation of the world. That the worldly bliss is short-term and dissipates. And after a while becomes 
numbing to you as an individual. And that there is a need to go to a place where that numbing that has occurred can be cured and there's finally some real feelings about real things that are connected to something other than the illusory nature of the existence that is entirely entrapped within the world. How does this come about? And how does this differentiate from what goes on in the world? Well, it comes about in different ways. But some of the ways that it comes about are through some profound interaction with illusion which exposes the nature of the illusory world to you. And instead of being blind to what it is, all of a sudden you see it for what it is. It's no longer hidden from you. Because for illusion to maintain its grip on you, it has to hide what it really is. It has to keep from you what it really looks like. Illusion wears tons of makeup and costumes. And when these are ripped away and you see it for what it is, the truth of it becomes visible to you and it disappears. It's something like the portrait of Dorian Gray where he looked good but that wasn't the truth. And behind that look was rot to put it as simply as possible. So where do we go? We find that if we look Allah, God, has set up a system that if we are sincere in our endeavor to find that which is real, he will provide for us a methodology in order to find what's real. He'll send teachers in our lives. He'll send books in our lives. He'll send instructions in our lives as to how to turn from the world and to begin a path towards reality. And in that search, we will begin to see that there's more to see than meets the eye. We will begin to see 
that all of the obsessions and compulsions that we are involved with, with the world, that have trapped us and held us in place for years and years and years and have given us our view of reality don't have staying power are missing fundamental truths that can give us peace and then that's when we begin to discover the nature of reality and the nature of real existence. And we begin to learn that we have to give up all that we've learned before and begin over. There's the story of Shems, the dervish, who came to rescue Rumi and bring him into the light. Who, when he met Rumi, Rumi had all of his books and writings in the saddlebags of his horse, and Shems took them and threw them all into the river which was near them. And Rumi began to, in our vernacular, freak out. And Shems said, slow down. And he took the books out of the water, and they were still fine. Which gave him a moment to stun Rumi and begin to take him on a new understanding of things. We need that stunning experience ourselves. Because that's how we become changed. We become changed when we're stunned. Somehow, that constant real that goes on and on and on and explains everything we're doing and gives us the reason and the rationalization for everything that we're doing has to be knocked over for a while so that it stops, so that we are capable of understanding that it just goes on and on and has nothing to do with what's real. Wisdom is stepping into the world of the unseen and realizing the reality and eternality of the world of the unseen. And once we enter into that world, we begin to realize that the world of the unseen is massive. And we even can understand explanations of it. And it can give us repose. It can give us rest. It can give us peace. It can elevate us and bring us to places that we've never imagined 
while in the world because success in the world wasn't measured by these elevated places. It was measured by something else. Even if we go on this path, we are still subject to the compulsions and the temptations and the magnetisms of the world. So, there's always the fact that we can be pulled back. There's always the fact that we have to continue to resist that which is the illusory. There's always the battle that goes on between the illusory and the real. The illusory does not want to let go of us. And the victory for the illusory, the victory for Satan, is simply that we don't enter the state of elevation. It's simply that we are kept within the grips and the tentacles of the illusory and of the worldly way. So, when love overwhelms our heart and tears flow from our eyes out of gratitude for the experience of understanding the kind of love that's available that isn't attached to anything. At the same time, all kinds of pulls and pushes towards the illusory continue to come at us and hit us and interact with us and call us to give them the obeisance that we worship them as opposed to worshiping the unseen. And these are the idols that God speaks of and tells us to avoid. The idols that are the world, the images that we create in our head of worldly success, the piles of money, uh, whatever it is that we see as worldly success becomes our idol. Even if we don't get it, the attempts at it become our idols. And somehow, because of all the years of striving, we sometimes still feel an emptiness because we did not obtain them. We need to understand that trying to fill that emptiness with worldly success, worldly gains, and worldly things 
will never happen. That hole is so big and so huge and it can literally take everything you throw in it and still have room for the entire world. And even if you've obtained the entire world, it still won't be enough. So we need to look for different places for satisfaction. We have to look for different places to heal the need. And the need cannot be healed through changing the occurrences in the world, through doing different things within the world. The healing can only occur through grace. And to be able to enter into the world of grace, to be able to be open to the world of grace, to make ourselves available to that grace, we have to believe in its availability and its reality. And through that faith, a gap is opened between illusion and reality. And we can begin to slip into that gap and hopefully come out on the side of reality. The Sufi maxim is to die before death. So, we have to die to that world that's not real. We have to be dead to it. What's that mean? Wood can't be pulled by a magnet. It's dead to the magnet. When we have died to the world, we are no longer under its influence. We can't be pulled by it. We can't be pushed by it. We can't be influenced by it. We are no longer a puppet pulled by the strings of the world. We have decided to set a different course, a course that's involved with the qualities of reality, with the qualities of our Lord, with the qualities that made creation. And we've decided that this is going to be the study of our life. Ain't going to study war no more. I'm going to leave the set of the world and I'm going to go into the set of God's qualities. I'm changing venues. I'm going into a new ballpark. I'm going into vistas that I haven't traveled before and they are there for me and available for me. My belief system has to become strong 
And this is called Iman. Faith, certitude, and determination. The whole will not only be filled, it will be closed. And it will disappear. We won't need to deal with it anymore. Because what we've been given is reality. And reality doesn't have holes that need to be filled. Reality is a fulfillment within itself. And we have to be ready to take that step. We have to be ready to enter into that arena. We have to be ready to love. We have to be ready to love in all circumstances. We have to be ready to love more than to need. We have to be ready to love more than to need. And when that transference occurs, that's when we begin to enter into the realm that is the truth. God does not need anything. The more we need, the less godlike we are. The less godlike we are, the closer to illusion we are. The closer to illusion we are, the depths of hell become the hole that we ourselves will fall into. Escape. Turn your head to it. Just say, you're not there. You're not real. A'ud bilahi shaitan irajim. Protect us from that which is satanic. Protect us from the nature of the things that would lie to us to hold us entrapped in the illusory nature of the world. Let us be free. Let us be the ones who escape the hands of the ones who would keep us down. Because there is an entire universe of reality that awaits you. Go to it. Leave this non-reality behind. May Allah make it easy for all of us to do this. Amen. Amen.